the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church, where we minister in the spirit of excellence under the leadership of our anointed senior pastor, Bukas Sterling III. Please stay tuned at the end of this broadcast for information on how to obtain a copy of today's message in its entirety. And now, stay tuned for the conclusion of last week's message. Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, verse 8. Here's a story that seems unrealistic. Here's a story that seems surreal. Here's a story that seems incomprehensible that God, I'm talking about God, creator of the world, the one who has no beginning and no end, the one who spoke everything into existence, the one whom holds everything together. God wrapped himself up in flesh and was born into the world in the form of a baby. In verse number 17, they told everybody that they came in contact with. They couldn't help it. So now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told to them concerning this child. When you see Jesus, you cannot keep it to yourself. When you realize I have seen God in the flesh, when they realize I've seen him, you won't keep it to yourself. That's the result of seeing him for the shepherds. But as I don't want to stop there because they're not the only ones in the book of Luke who wanted to see him. If you turn over to chapter 2, verse 25, based on promise, Simeon wants to see him. So based on proclamation, the shepherds wanted to see him, but based on promise, Simeon wants to see him. In chapter 2, verse 25, it reads like this, And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was a just and devout man waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him, and it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms, and he blessed God and said, Lord, now you have are letting your servant depart in peace. According to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for, or rather before the face of all people, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and glory and the glory of your people, Israel. Simeon waited to see Jesus on a promise. He couldn't wait to see. He, he was promised. He had given a promise by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit said, Simeon, you're not going to die until you see Christ. Until you see the Messiah. Until you see God in the flesh, you will not die. Now watch this. What Simeon does as a result of the promise that he was given, he lives his whole life 
as a just and a devout man because he has a promise that he's going to see Jesus. Let me help you right here. If you've got a promise that you're going to see Jesus, but God has not told you when, but he's told you it's going to happen before you die, I'm going to suggest that it might cause you to live a little differently. So in other words, if you don't know when Jesus is going to show up, but he already told you, you're going to get a chance to see him. And, and what it's going to cause you to do is you're going to start living a certain way, a just way, a righteous way, a devout way, so that when he comes and when he shows up, he doesn't catch you living the wrong way. Y'all still here with me? Now, if I can nail this home for the Christian, if you believed that Christ is coming again, it would change the way you live from day to day too. So in other words, if I don't know when I'm going to see him, if I don't know when I'm going to have to meet him face to face, then I should be living each day like it might be today. I should be living every moment like it might happen right now. In fact, if I told you tonight around 7 o'clock, Christ is going to show up and you're going to have to meet him face to face, I would suggest that you would probably start living differently between now and 7 o'clock. You might be a little friendlier. You might not cuss as much between now and then. Y'all getting quiet on me. You might live your life a little differently. This man lived his whole life as a devout and a just man because he had a promise that he would see Jesus. Now watch this. The result of him seeing Jesus is that he blessed God and he affirms the promise. He says... Blessed, blessed be the name of the Lord. And he says, now, Lord, you have allowed your servant to now depart in peace. You've given me what you said you was going to give me. And let me say this. Sometimes when you're waiting to see Jesus and he comes through like he said he was going to come through, the best thing you can do is acknowledge, God, you did what you said you was going to do. I don't know if I got any witnesses in the house, but every now and then, God gives you a promise. I'm going to come through, and he'll come through just in time. And all you can say when he comes through is, Lord, you did what you said you was going to do. And that's what Simeon, Simeon had a promise. promise I'm, you're going to see Jesus before you die. And when the Lord comes through, Simeon begins to pr- praise God, bless God, and says, Lord, you are God of your word. That's the result of Simeon seeing Jesus. But Simeon's desire to see Jesus was based on promise third person that i look at in text is in chapter 19 if you flip on over to chapter 19 we've got a we've got a guy by the name of zacchaeus zacchaeus also wants to see jesus because everybody wants to see jesus the shepherds wanted to see jesus simeon wants to see jesus zacchaeus in chapter 19 wants to see jesus then jesus entered into the entered and passed through jericho now behold there was a man named zacchaeus who was the chief tax collector, and he was rich. He sought to see who Jesus was, but could not because of the crowd, for he was of short stature. And he ran ahead, and he climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. And when Jesus had came to the place, he looked up, and he saw him, and he said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must stay at your house. So he made haste and he came down and he received him joyfully. But when he saw, but when they saw it, they all complained saying, he has gone to be the guest with a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and he said to the Lord, look, Lord, 
I give half my goods to the poor. And if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, restore, I restore fourfold. And Jesus said to him, today, salvation has come to this house because he also is a son of Abraham. For the son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus based on perseverance. He had to persevere to see Jesus. He, he wanted to see Jesus. He had heard about Jesus, no doubt, all the things about Jesus, but he couldn't see Jesus because of the crowd and because he was short of stature, but he didn't let the crowd stop him. He didn't let anything get in his way because he wanted to see Jesus. And when you really, truly want to see Jesus, you're not going to let anything get in your way. Zacchaeus goes ahead, climbs up into a sycamore tree, and watch this, because when you want to see Jesus, time won't get in your way. I don't have time to read the Bible. I ain't got time for that. But when you, when you want to see him, you'll make time. I ain't got time to go to church. I'm sleeping today. When you want to see him, you'll make time. I ain't got time for this. I ain't got time. No, when you want to see Jesus, you will, help me Lord, you will move all the obstacles out of your way to get in position to see Jesus. Zacchaeus moves the obstacles out of his way. He couldn't help the fact that he was short, but he climbed up into a sycamore tree so that he could get in position to see Jesus. Watch this. Why? Because he knew Jesus was passing this way. Ain't no need in going to the club talk about I'm going to see Jesus. Jesus ain't passing that way. But if you know that you know that he's in the house of the Lord, maybe you ought to make your way to the house of the Lord every now and then because you know he's there. Zacchaeus got into position, climbed up in a tree, and watch this. He got in the tree to see Jesus, but Jesus saw him. Because Jesus knows the heart. When you want to see him, he knows you want to see him. And Jesus saw Zacchaeus in the tree. And he says to Zacchaeus, come down. Get down here. Came down with joy and he accepted him with joy. And watch this. And all the other people got mad. Because Jesus was with Zacchaeus. And y'all got to understand Zacchaeus was a tax collector. He was the IRS. And he was the IRS who was cheating people. And he had made himself wealthy as a tax collector. But watch this. But when he saw Jesus, the result was he repented and he says, Lord, I'm giving half of my stuff away and I'm going to, I'm going to restore fourfold to everybody I cheated. Lord, cause I've seen you. And God says, salvation comes to your house. When he saw Jesus, not only did he get saved, his whole household got saved. Trying to help you understand. Sometimes you got to move some stuff out of your way so that you can see Jesus and salvation come to your house. Y'all hearing what I'm saying? So Zacchaeus moves everything out of the way, climbs the tree. So he goes and he sees Jesus based on perseverance. Shepherds, they push their way to see Jesus based on proclamation. Simeon, based on promise. But there's another person. I want you to look at in chapter 23. Based on patience, Herod wanted to see him. Herod, you would never think Herod would want to see Jesus. Why would Herod want to see Jesus? He's a Roman. He's a man of great position. Why would a man in this position, why would he want to see Jesus? But the scripture tells us that even Herod, based on patience, wanted to see Jesus. Look at chapter 23, verse number 8. It says, now when Herod saw Jesus, he was exceedingly glad for he had 
desired for a long time to see him. Everybody wants to see Jesus. Because he had heard many things about him. And he had hoped to see some miracle done by him. Then he questioned him with many words, but he answered him nothing. And the chief priest and the scribe stood and vehemently accused him. And then Herod, with his men of war, treated him with contempt. And they mocked him, and they arrayed him in a gorgeous robe. And they sent him back to Pilate. That very day, Pilate and Herod became friends with each other. For previously, they had been enemies, or rather at enmity, with each other. Interesting thing here about this text. Here's a man who's not a Jew. Here's a man who's, who's cheating the people. He's a Roman tax collector. He's the least of the least. And he's in position, but yet he wants to see Jesus. He's in a powerful position. You would think he's sitting on top of the world. He's rich. He's got all the money. He's got all the power. He's got all the position. You would think he's okay. Why would he want to see Jesus? Because it doesn't matter how much you have. It doesn't matter how much power you possess. It doesn't matter when you, when there is a God who has more than you have, when there's a God who's empty in your life, when your life is void, you still want to see Jesus and so this man wants to see Jesus too and the text says he waited a long time to see Jesus because he had heard about this Jesus who had healed the sick and raised the dead 5,000 hungry souls he fed he had heard this Jesus who had given sight to the blind caused the lame to walk stopped funeral processions caused people to come up and rise up from the very funeral procession. he had heard about this Jesus and he wanted to see him for himself because who would believe that a man could do all these things So he says, I need to see him. And so he waited patiently all this time to see Jesus. And it just so happened. It just so happened. That Jesus was in a kangaroo court in Pilate's house. And Pilate couldn't find anything wrong with him. He couldn't find any charges to stick. And so Pilate found out he was a Galilean. So he said, I'm taking you to Herod. So he takes him to Herod. And Herod finally gets a chance to see him. You never know how God's going to work it out. That you get to see him. So he's there. And watch this. He's got his plan of what he wants Jesus to do. Because he wanted to see Jesus because he wanted to see a miracle that Jesus would perform. He wanted to talk to Jesus and find out something about this man. But Jesus wouldn't answer him. Jesus wouldn't speak to him at all. Let me say this to you. Jesus doesn't always respond the way you want him to. But watch this. But in the middle of you thinking and desiring him to do one thing, he might be working on something else. Because, watch this, Herod wanted to see Jesus and he had this idea that I'm going to see him perform some miracle and I'm, I'm going to see him do some miraculous thing in front of my eyes. But what he didn't realize, while he was looking at Jesus, while he was in the presence of Jesus, Jesus was already working out a miracle in his life. Because the text says previously he and Pilate were at odds with one another. But after seeing Jesus, guess what happened? There was peace between the two of them. Developed a friendship, camaraderie, if you will, between Pilate and Herod while he was in the presence of Jesus. Trying to help us understand that sometimes Jesus doesn't do what you want him to do, how you want him to do it, but he's always working in the midst of your presence. Y'all still here with me? So he came to Jesus and he, he saw Jesus with, and he waited with patience, but yet God came through for him. Did what he wanted to do, what Jesus wanted to do. But everybody wants to see Jesus. 
And as we walk through this text of Luke, the shepherds, they wanted to see him based on the proclamation. Based on promise, Simeon wanted to see him. He got a chance to see him. Based on perseverance, Zacchaeus wanted to see him. And based on patience, Herod wanted to see him. The final person I want to examine in this book of Luke is in Luke chapter 23, verse 47. Because based on persecution, a centurion gets to see him. It's interesting to me that while Jesus is being crucified, someone gets to see him who didn't even know they would. Verse 47 says, so when the centurion saw what had happened, pastor, what happened? Jesus had given up his spirit. Father, into thy hands I commit my spirit. And when he gave up the spirit, the earth began to quake. The sun had refused to shine for three hours. And all of the earth shook and all things were out of array. The veil of the temple was torn from top to bottom. And when the centurion saw all of this, the Bible says, after all this, after he saw this, what had happened, he, the centurion, the Roman soldier, glorified God saying, certainly this was a righteous man. I want you to understand something about seeing Jesus. This centurion gets to see Jesus because of persecution. Now, Pastor, where are you going with this? Where I'm going is that we as Christians, especially around the holidays, we don't want any persecution. We don't want anything out of order. It's Christmas time. Everything ought to be at peace. We don't want to invite nobody over that's going to cause anything to be out of order. Go ahead and say amen. We ain't going over nobody's house if we know it's going to be out of order. Because it's Christmas time. We want peace. But guess what? Sometimes the best time for people to see Jesus is while we're being persecuted. Sometimes the best way that people can see Jesus is when our life is under pressure. Sometimes the best time for people and the best way for people to see Jesus in us is when we're going through some tough times, when, when our, when our bills are due and we can't pay our bills, when our house is being repossessed or our car has been repossessed and when it's Christmas time and we can't afford to buy gifts. Sometimes the best time that people can see Jesus is while we're under persecution because it was this centurion after they had nailed him in his hands and after they had nailed him in his feet and after they had beat him and beat him and beat him and abused him and stretched him high and wide after he had bled suffered and died then he looked up and said I see Jesus and he is according to the word just like the angel declared he is the Christ the Lord he is God in the flesh this is a righteous man he has done nothing wrong and he saw Jesus and he glorified God here's a man that doesn't even know God that is now glorifying God because he sees Jesus during persecution I want to help us to understand something just because your life is not perfect just because everything is not going smooth doesn't mean God's not at work sometimes the only way you can get lemonade is you gotta squeeze the lemon are y'all hearing what I'm saying sometimes the only way that Jesus can come out of us 
is that God got to put a squeeze on us. Sometimes the only way that people can get the scent of Jesus is that we got to be under pressure. Lord, have mercy. Sometimes the only time that people can see Christ in us is when we're in desperate need of him. And we're being pressed in on every side. But everybody wants to see Jesus. And sometimes, let me help you here, sometimes God is using you in your most difficult hour to show people the Christ in you, the hope of glory. Don't be in despair. Don't be saddened because you're going through what you're going through. God may be using you to show somebody Jesus Christ because everybody wants to see him. Everybody wants to see who he really is. Everybody wants to know, was the proclamation of the angels true? Was this the Christ? The Messiah? The anointed one? The prince of peace? Was that him that was born into the world? Is that him that lives inside of you? Is that Christ that you always talking about? Is that Christ that you always praying to? Is he alive in you? It's not enough just to say it. People got to see it. And if anybody's ever going to see Jesus, if anybody's ever going to see him, it's going to come through us. He lives in you. And we've got to show the world who Jesus is. The question I have, will they see Jesus in you? Because everybody wants to see him. The shepherds wanted to see him. Simeon wanted to see him. Zacchaeus wanted to see him. Everybody wants to see Jesus. Even this centurion got to see Jesus under persecution in the worst time. Of Jesus' hour, the centurion finally got to see Jesus. Even Herod, a Roman ruler, got to see Jesus. And in the midst of that, guess what he did? He brought peace between him and his enemy. He glorified God for who he was. There's a lot of people around you and a lot of people you're going to come in contact with who want to see Jesus. You can tell them the story. You can read them the, the scripture. You can say, hey, Isaiah says, unto us a child is born and unto us a son is given. You can put happy birthday Jesus in front of your house. But until they see Jesus, they won't believe. The shepherds left everything to go see this thing that was declared. God with us. Is he with you today? Father in heaven, it's my prayer that the world will see Christ in us, the hope of glory. Everybody wants to see you. You've put your Holy Spirit in those who believe so that we can live a life that they can see you in us. The scripture says it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in us. And so if you live in us, then the world ought to see Christ in us. Spirit of the Lord, maybe there's someone here today. They want to see you too. They've heard the stories of your birth. They've heard the stories perhaps even of your death, burial, and resurrection. But they want to see you. And perhaps the only way they're going to see you is in us. Lord, I'm praying today that you open up their eyes that they may see you today. 
Perhaps even as Zacchaeus, they pressed their way. They removed all the obstacles, all the excuses, and they pressed their way. They said, I, I, I believe he ought to be at the church. So they pressed their way to the church, and they got in position to see you. And you're speaking to him even now. Here I am. I've come that you may have a life. And I've come that you may have it more abundantly. Salvation can come to your house today. Father, if there's one here today, draw them into the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. That this might be the day that they experience new birth in you. Have your way, dear God. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. You have been listening to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church under the leadership of Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III, where we minister in the spirit of excellence. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Financial contributions in support of this ministry are welcome. We thank you in advance for uniting with us in kingdom building. For a copy of this sermon on CD or to hear this message again on the web, please visit our website at KetteringMinistries.org and remember to reference the title or broadcast date. We hope that you have enjoyed our journey together and we invite you to join us for one of our Spirit-filled worship services Sundays at 8 a.m. or 11 a.m. at our new edifice called the Legacy Center located at 6909 Crane Highway, Upper Marlboro, Maryland. For additional information, go to our website at KetteringMinistries.org or contact our church office at 301-627-9500. Please join us again as Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III and the Kettering Baptist Church family minister in the spirit of excellence.